I'm Lauren. And I'm Cheryl. And on this episode of Lit Chicks Read, we're chatting Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. Okay, Cheryl, I'm really excited to chat this book because I, I'm i going to dub it as the book of the summer for me. And I feel like a lot of our listeners will agree. This has become very popular. I feel like I'm seeing it everywhere. And yes. it is like your quintessential summer beach read, don't you think? <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah, it's uh, it's perfect. It's like, it's not too long. It's not too heavy. It's the perfect book to read, like whether you're at a, a beach by the ocean or a beach by the lake or just lying out in your backyard. It's the perfect way to experience, kind of bring you back to, you know, the young love uh, yes, summers when you were a teenager. Right. Yeah, um, very nostalgic. Yes. And uh, yeah, and just a great time. So before we get into it, tell me what you are drinking. I actually have a beverage. Well, I have my water normally, but I do. I feel better now. So I Yay! do have a beverage, but I know you are on theme for the book. So tell me what of course you I am. are drinking. Uh, well, in the first, I think the first paragraph of the first chapter starts with our main character in present day, and she's had a few too many Aperol spritzes, which is also a very summer drink. I feel like the Aperol spritz exploded a few years ago, and then there was like all this backlash about how it's a terrible drink, and then other people saying it's fantastic. And you know, I don't really care what you like to drink. You can mix like a beer with Midori liqueur and Sambuca for all I care. If you like the taste of it, <laughs> drink it. Have at it. Uh, and and I do <laughs> like an occasional Aperol spritz. So clink, clink, clink. Oh, there's my there's my ice. Uh, that's what I'm drinking in Aperol Spritz, my first one of the summer. Very nice. Okay, well, I am not on theme, but well, kind of on theme, not on theme with what Percy likes to drink, but um, summer theme, I, summer themed. I am drinking my my drink of the summer. This I feel like is the book of the summer and I'm drinking my drink of the summer, which is a high tide. You might not know what a high tide mm. is, but mm. as you know, I love the island of St. John. There's a restaurant there called High Tide. It's one of my favorites. It's actually, um, I think Kenny Chesney owns it or has something to do with it. Oh. I can't remember if he actually owns it or what, but the high tide is his official drink of his No Shoes Nation tour. And I love me some Kenny Chesney. So um, I've made myself, I recreated it here at home and it is so delicious and refreshing. I'm actually going to be sharing it soon over Ooh. on my blog. So very good. So that is what I'm drinking. Uh, just no shoes tour also uh -huh. sounds very summer, doesn't it? I know. Yep. Well, that's what he's all about. So he, you know, he has a home on St. John. He is my kind of guy. Oh, you know, I didn't no know shoes. that. No shoes, no shirt, no problem. You know. Yep. 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 That also, that's very uh, familiar here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In yeah. the book. Yeah. Yes. Uh, very much so. so that is my, that's what I'm drinking today, which is basically banana rum, pineapple oh. juice and oh. lemon lime soda, but I did lemon lime seltzer water to make Ooh. it I don't, i'm not well, it's a little lighter yeah. yes basically. i don't like my drinks too sweet either same so uh yeah. maybe we can throw that recipe out to our patreon subscribers like as an early taste before it goes up on your blog oh absolutely i will do that if you mm. uh, do not or if you're not a patreon member of ours we do have a link in the show notes super cheap dollar a month you get some extras some um what, what are we including in there some fun well, we got some some fun stuff planned, right, Cheryl? We do. Yeah, we're starting. Uh, the early subscribers are getting things like drink recipes, 
We're giving them early notice about our episodes. We're just working on giving them early access to our episodes. Mm -hmm. And then the plan is to expand it more and more as we go on. So there's a chat section. We'll be doing separate book chats in there, getting feedback for our episodes. And uh, we hope to build a really great little community. Yes, exactly. It's just like a, it's like our, it's our Lit Chicks Read Book Club. So that's right. The the link is there in the show notes if you guys want to want to check it out. But okay, so let's get in. Okay. Let's get into the book. Yeah. Did you grow up going to the lake, Lauren? uh, Beach. Yeah, beach. Beach, Lake, ocean beach. Ocean beach. Well, I mean, I don't know if you consider Long Island Sound the ocean. It's not really the ocean. It's more the sound. (laughs) But um, I have been a beach goer. I grew up going every summer. As you know, I live near the water now. So it's it's definitely ingrained in me. Anything water related, though, I think really um, like hits home, which is why and and summer's my favorite season. So I think that's why this book is just very nostalgic for me. And I honestly love books like this that are like a now and then, you know, Mm -hmm. and then kind of go back because I really feel like it helps build the story and you're getting just more in depth of the relationship, right? Don't you think instead of it just being present day? So I loved that about this. Loved it. Or even even for it to occur all in chronological order, because the way they go the stories go back and forth, we're left until like the last chapter to really find out like what happened 12 summers ago? We don't know. Right. And so it kind of keeps us going. Like if we had heard the ho- whole story as it happened, we would have known a long time ago before we get to present day. So it gives us this measure of mystery and suspense kind of alternating. We get both stories sort of playing out at the same time. Yeah. And then you're forced to not put it down. <laughs> like, yeah, I, well, I feel like I had to read it in one frame. Not I'm that like, I, I wanted to, to anyway, but yeah, I'm like, I gotta know. I gotta know. I've got how many more summers to go. So, you know, it's like one, yeah. one of those, but I love books like that. So yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. I like again, that too. You really get to know the characters better. I think you're seeing them younger and kind of watching them evolve. You know, in this situation, it's, they're kind of like, preteens right into mm-hmm. yeah well they're they're and, just 13 when they yeah meet. yeah like you know you get the hormones and all that oh, stuff yeah. I just love you know what this book actually reminded me a lot of love in other words by Christina Lauren did you read that oh, one no and it's literally sitting right over there on my table like it's okay. on my short list to get done this summer okay. uh you know if my you TBR is pretty extensive <laughs> <Mine> so <laughs> if you loved this you'll love that similar in the okay sense, great it's like yep you know i don't want to say childhood but you know like they come together at a young age vacation house kind of thing and you know then the story kind of goes on from there yeah so. yeah you know what it reminded me of was uh say you still love me by k.a tucker Oh, I think I have, I, I have a post on our page about that one, okay. uh, but it's again to teens that meet at summer camp, uh, fall in love. They're they're each other's first everything, and then I something happens to break them apart, and then they meet again as adults mm-hmm. and have to rehash everything and figure out what it was the thing that broke them apart. And yeah, oh, very similar. Know. Yeah, very similar. So, yeah. So also another. Well, you know, we'll include these too. These books. If you liked this book, and the, you mm-hmm. know that mm-hmm. sounds very yeah. similar. We'll include these in the show notes as well if you guys, um, you know, want to keep up that that theme because I feel like it's always just such a good summer theme. Childhood. I agree with you. I'm sure there's a list um, of other similar ones that our readers could tell us about. Totally. Yeah. Well, I grew up going. We live. I live in Vancouver. It's a coast city as well. So I'm also like an ocean girl, beach girl. But my summers were definitely about the lake. So my family uh, went camping at a lake near here every summer. 
And then from the time I was about 11, we would spend one long weekend every summer going to a different lake with my mom's huge, huge extended family. So I spent a lot of time just sort of during my teen years, so same years as these guys, having a lot of those similar experiences, you know, like hanging out on the dock and looking for the oh, boys like from that. the town. I <laughs> um, One time I went to summer camp and my cousin came along with me. It was a one-time thing. It was like a week at a lake. And it was a great experience, except for, I'm totally going to call her out, that she told a boy at the camp that I liked him. Uh oh, she broke I the did. code. <laughs> she broke the code. But honestly, in my memory, I don't even think I did like him. So I was extra mad and it was <laughs> drama uh <-huh. laughs> at like 12 years and old. 12 years old. That's, that's usually when it starts. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Always about a boy or, yeah. or someone else. You know what I mean? At least in my experience. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't have a cabin at the lake, but I did have a lot of the same experiences that we read about in this novel. And this one is set at a lake in Canada, too. So I'm on the other side of Canada from Toronto. That's closer to you, to mm -hmm. the east side in New York. And that's where our main character, Persephone, is from. So she's a city girl. Her parents both teach at a university. And the summer she turns 13, they buy a house at a lake. A lot of people have heard of Muskoka, the Muskoka region. It's a very... Yes. Cottage culture is very big in Ontario because they have a lot of lakes, but her parents go to a further away lake where it's more rustic and more real. It's like four hours from the city and they move her in and then are slightly surprised to find out that there's two teen boys living right next door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they meet right away and essentially they become besties. I love that. That actually, so I didn't go to, again, I didn't go to the lake, but we had family friends that we were very, very close with. When I was growing up, we would go on vacations with them and they actually had a beach house in a beach town along, um, closer up to Rhode Island, along the Connecticut mm. shoreline. And there, I was very close with their daughter, who I think was about a year younger than me. It's been years, um, you know, our families kind of went their separate ways after my parents divorced. But they had their beach house in Niantic, actually. And I remember when there were like cute boys next door, you know, that were renting the beach house next door. And it was like a whole big thing. Granted, that only lasted like one summer because I don't think mm. they came back after that. But it was just, um, I had a lot of memories of that. We were We were very young, but similar in the sense that like, riding bikes up and down the street you know niantic is a very adorable coastal town in connecticut like walking to this little convenience store where we would get candy and stuff like yes. that rollerblading in the street and the beach was right across the street you know waking up i remember waking up early and watching the sunrise on their screened in porch memories like that which i just feel oh, like are so um oh, core I, memories yes and and listening to the way like there's no air conditioning in the house you know so listening to the waves crash at night oh, those and that. you know sleeping in these rickety beds because you know your kids you don't care where you sleep you can sleep on the mm -hmm. floor you know what Literally, i mean like your you parents can sleep on the beach <laughs> literally your parents just throw you in whatever bedroom with everyone all at once yeah yeah. And um, so th those memories came to my mind reading this. So while it wasn't a lake, you know, we still went Same there every diff. summer, you yeah. know, for a couple of weeks and had so many memories there like that. And it just it makes you feel like all warm and fuzzy, you know, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, like I said, we we haven't done that, obviously, in in many years. But I would love to be able to give my children something like that someday, too. Well, you know? someday, my dear, I feel like you've started that already 
Well, yeah, yes, but not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't have a beach house in Connecticut. Do you know what I mean? Like, not I just Connecticut, like but was... you do now, you yeah. do now have a lovely vacation home. I do. So probably I do. over time, I do. Kids, as they get older, they though. might, you know, yeah. it's not yeah. coastal New England. I feel like there's something, all those coastal towns, you know, again, near you or where, you know, where this book takes place. I think there's something really special about like a sleepy little coastal town, you know, with, a, or with a lake or whatever. I just think that, it's just magical. It's very like Hallmarkish, but not Christmas. Do you know what I mean? And I, do. I love that. So all yep. those memories just came flooding back to me, which is I think <laughs> why I loved it so much. I was like, oh, oh. So, yeah. You know what that just reminded me of when you said like not not Christmas mm-hmm. was the holiday holidays. Do you remember that one? In a holiday yes. is it called? Yes. Another Christina Lauren. So yes, again, it's cool. like beach houses and families that come together yeah. and mm-hmm. story told over time and all that. I love it. I love it. So hopefully, you know, someday. um, Yeah. And they and the family was more towards New York, like they lived in a city towards New York. So, you know, they owned this beach house way up near Rhode Island. And, you know, that was their summer home. And it was just special. So So they're like Persephone's family. Basically. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, going from the city. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, really cool. Persephone Fraser, by the way. Oh, yep. I did notice that. I mean, I also what love is the name that? Persephone. It's a great name. It's a great she name. She doesn't like it so much. She no, thinks it's. I loved it. What does she say? It's too much name. <laughs> so I love she it. goes by Percy instead. Percy, yes. Or P to her her adult friend. But the the present day circumstance where we find her, we know that it's been twelve years since she has seen these boys at the summer camp. Yes. Summer cabin. But we don't know what happened. But she gets a call from one of them. Yes. She from thinks Charlie. at first, yes, she thinks at first mm-hmm. it might be Sam because their voices are so similar, but then is, you know, her heart sinks a little when she realizes it's Charlie. She's been working as a magazine editor for like a shelter magazine. Like mm-hmm. uh, I thought of, um, there's two big Canadian ones, uh, one house and home and style at home. So I'm picturing her in my head as like an editor of one of those. She's doing pretty well, but she's having very casual relationships. Yeah. Um, she's, she's not, she's happy, but superficially. Yes. And then I she gets she this call. That deep, that deep uh, connection no. with anyone. She has just broken up with someone and isn't, it's like her longest relationship ever, she says. Which is not uh, long. <laughs> like seven months. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's not at all bothered by it because she actually didn't like him that much. Right. He just kind of someone to pass the time with. Right. And then she gets this call that sort of upsets the world because Charlie tells her that the boy's mom has passed away. Mm-hmm. And her she was basically sue was like a second mom to percy as well so he asked her to come back for the funeral and of course she does she basically leaves straight away yes and so those are the two places that we're going back and forth with it's the summers as they're growing up and this current trip where she has gone back to the lake for sue's funeral yes which she has a lot of anxiety about she does i mean uh well there's sort of a bit of a mistaken impression about why they broke up right? right like which we learn after, right? We don't. Really we do. Know. Yeah. We don't know. Going we don't really into know yet. It, but we, right? We just know something happened. But as we, as we learn at the end, it was basically like a. I don't want to say a misunderstanding because definitely wrong was done. But mm-hmm. I feel like this is where communication is so key in all relationships, <laughs> yep. right? Because they didn't communicate well, and no. had they just communicated well, but then again, maybe not. I mean, you know. So obviously you've you've read the book if you know if you're listening to this so we know that she actually slept with Charlie and mm-hmm. then had so much guilt about it right that she basically just didn't talk to Sam after that 
Right. She ends ends things with Sam. She doesn't feel like she's worthy of him anymore, right. even though he has just proposed to her. Right. And the um night with Charlie is really like the what is it? Like the ending of a really terrible summer after Sam yes. has gone to college and she feels like he has gone over her. Yeah. Oh, she's very low. I think she says yeah. at one point she like needed to feel wanted. Yes. And yep. then as soon as it happens, she has a panic attack. Yeah. She realizes, like, she wakes she up can't believe sees, what she did. Yeah. Yes, she wakes up. That, that one part of the book, she wakes up and it's not, like, Sam's, what, blue eyes. It's mm-hmm. Charlie's green eyes. Yeah. It's, and like, the just, wrong brother. Yes. And she has a panic attack, which I thought was interesting because when she has that panic attack in present day, Charlie. At the funeral. Yeah. Yes. Charlie recognizes and is like, oh, did He's you like, get that oh, part? That's yeah. what happened. Yeah, Did, that was well, a panic attack. Yes, like he he remembered from mm-hmm. back then. But what I was going to say is, even though yes, I think miscommunication. The thing is, is if twelve years hadn't gone by, yeah, right. I feel like twelve years they've had time to process. Right, we know that Charlie did tell Sam. Sam has known, but twelve years is a long time to kind of process that and move Mm -hmm. forward, right? Which Mm -hmm. clearly they Mm -hmm. never really did move forward because they both are still in love with each other. So I wonder if that time was was needed because if they had communicated, probably wouldn't have gone over so well, right? I mean, initially. I mean, it would have been a big blow up, I'm sure. sure. Uh, And we we even do at the time, you know, 12 years later when she goes to tell him and finds out that he already knows, you know, he's angry still. Like they get over it quite quickly, but he he has this anger still. Yeah, what did he ask? So how was he? Yeah, yeah. How was it? Yeah, Yeah, how was it? Uh, And uses, you know, harsh, harsh language with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a good question, you know, a, the communication thing, like if they had talked it out, if she had told him earlier, could they have worked through it? Or would it have been so fresh and so painful that, you know, the conversation would have actually broken them further apart? And if they needed that time, did it have to be 12 years? Like what if right. they had like three or four years while they were in college, you know, to get that distance? And then if they yeah. had come back together then, I don't know, because it's also... It's not just the fact that they've been brought back together, but they've been brought back together over such a sad uh, and emotionally moving event where, you know, that's going to make anyone losing their mother, losing their mother young, especially when they already lost their dad when they were really young. We know that losing their dad young shaped who Sam became. He became a cardiologist because his father died of a heart attack when he was like 30. Uh, so his mom dying has also made him re-examine, you know, he doesn't want to be living that city doctor life. He doesn't want to be dating these superficial girls. Like he gets a bit of a mind shift over that event, right? So maybe it was the sort of perfect storm of the uh, the things that had to all line up for them to work through this. Yeah, because honestly, I mean, if if that was me, I don't think... I feel like it was better to have, I mean, yes, it's painful that it was 12 years, you know, both of them going through this 12 years, like not having essentially their other half, because that's how they feel about each other. You know what I mean? But I really do think that it would not have gone over as well if, Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine that conversation, right? Like, let's say she did call him the next day and was like, I slept with Charlie. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not going to go over well. No. You know, and, and, he, and there's trust issues and stuff there. So there I already like, was. Yeah. Right. So 
Exactly. So I almost feel like, and that's and that's why I just loved how this book ended. So it's painful to see them apart for all those time for all those years. But I think that that's really just how it had to be because now they're older. They've got twelve years on them. They have more life experience. They have lived apart for so long, and clearly, I mean, Sam broke up with that girl the second Percy came back. You know, yes. You know, and I love that about. I love that he's like he's like all in from the start, right? So it's yeah. like. It's not like this back and forth, like, do you still love me? Do you not still love, you know, he's just like cuts it off with her because mm-hmm. she's again, just like nothing. And he's like, she's back and I'm not about to lose her, right? Yeah, and that whole thing actually reminded me, it was like a bit of an echo. Do you remember when she had that boyfriend that she wasn't really that into while they were teens? Mason, yes. the hockey What's player. The hockey player, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, Buckley, Buckley Mason, but he goes by Mason. Oh, that's right, Mason. He's Mason. like her best friend's uh, yes. cousin. <laughs> yes, she's just not And, <laughs> and yeah. she kind of, you know, she she's sort of casually dating him for a while, but then there's that one summer where uh, they actually do finally kiss, but he wants to put it on hold. He's afraid. He's like, I want everything with you, but when we're ready. Yeah. And she sees that as rejection. He sees it as like long game. Right. Uh, but it bothers her. And so there's a lot of times during this book where he's the way he's communicating to her is not how she perceives it. So she sees a lot of things as rejection that he doesn't intend that way. Like even to the point where, um, remember when they're playing spin the bottle? And yes, Sam like doesn't want to kiss her, but he's just being hesitant. But then Charlie swoops in and like gives yes. her her first kiss. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's yes. a little foreshadowing right there. Right, right. I know. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny. I feel like there was a lot of Charlie foreshadowing because he just there was. And I think with him, so I do love Charlie. I think he probably. I mean, listen, two brothers. How many years apart are they? He's the older brother. Just a. Co- oh, I want to say three years. Was he fifty? No, I think they're thirteen and fifteen. Okay. Two years apart. He's the older brother, right? He probably, you know, if they see a pretty girl, he probably Mm -hmm. didn't like that his younger brother, you know, Mm -hmm. was the one Mm -hmm. that was kind of hanging out with her more and all that stuff, right? And like clearly can see a connection between them. And he probably just didn't like being second best. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, sibling rivalry there, right? He's kind of like trying to come in. I feel like there were a lot of moments where Charlie made comments and things like that, which definitely had some foreshadowing although yeah. i didn't expect what happened but i can no. looking back i can see like oh, okay i see what you were doing there charlie <laughs> yeah you know this is I mean? one of the, one of those books where when i when i read it i saw it and i wondered about it but i did not expect same i didn't However, expect it from her yes i didn't expect it from her good yes yes i did expect it from him that's a good distinction correct uh yeah. but when i reread it there was so many of those and mm-hmm. it really like kind of broke my heart for Charlie a little bit. Like if you remember yeah. their first meeting, Charlie is having a party. You know, he's a 15 year old in a place where he has like a lot of because his mom works at the restaurant at yes. nights. Uh, he has this empty beach house. He's like partying as many girlfriends, all this stuff. And he's just trying to unload his little brother to the girl who moved in next door. Little does he realize this girl's going to end up being like the hot girl who lives next door yeah so it's almost like (laughs) sam has dibs yes but if not for that like charlie would for sure have moved in i feel like there's a balance throughout the whole book of like the little comments that charlie makes i think he is trying to like tease sam a little and goad him he's also trying to get him to make a move on percy but i think there's a lot of truth underlying his comments as well. I think that becomes really clear towards the end. Um, there's this one quote actually that he says, I think it's it's during the summer 
the time that they have alone together that month or so where Sam has gone off to college. Mm -hmm. And he says to her, Sam has it in his head that you belong to him. Not in a creepy, possessive way, but it's more like he has this belief that everything is meant to work out between the two of you in the end. And I think that's pretty much bullshit. I don't think anything is meant to be. He already screwed things up when you got that hockey player boyfriend. I hope he fights harder this time or someone else will. Yes. Yeah. I felt like that was a very, um, that one paragraph was Mm -hmm. very poignant. (laughs) Yeah. And he does actually know her really well, right? Like he's the one who um, suggested that swimming would be a good fit for her earlier on. He really like, we think of him as a sort of really cute party boy early on. And then even uh, Persephone notices that there's more to him than that. She realizes he's like actually really smart, like got a full academic scholarship to school. He knows more uh, literary references than she expected. Like there's a lot more to him And I think in another world, they could have been together. I think so, too. I feel like she, you know, I pictured him as like her brother, too. Right. So like she comes along and, you know, these two boys and stuff. But it really is like a sibling, sibling relationship. Right. Along those lines and how they tell it until until it's not right. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I mean. I feel like, you know, it's like I just (laughs) that brings back a lot of memories, too. I feel like I had a lot of friendships with guys that I just loved, but I just thought of as friends kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you totally. know what I'm saying? And like, there was, I remember this I one like guy. That's like a typical, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I had this one summer with this one guy. He was so amazing. I still think of him now. I wish him well, wherever he is. I wanted to like him so bad because yeah. like his friend was dating my friend. We did all these yeah. road trips together. He was an astrophysicist, for goodness sake. Oh, very Like he, a very cute, uh, like totally my type, but there just wasn't the chemistry there. It yeah. just wasn't there. It was like a, I was, I loved him as like a friend. Yeah, I had, I had a, a few like that as well. I remember this, I felt so bad. This again, wish him well, wherever he is. Hopefully mm. not following me on Facebook or something, but <laughs> he just, he just um, he, uh, boys yeah. from our younger selves, if yeah. you're listening now, we wish you well. We wish you well. My mom was like, wow, this guy just loves you. And I'm like, I know, and I don't like him like that. Yeah. You know, it's just always. Uh, you almost feel bad for it, right? You know, it's like you want to turn like it, it on. Common, but like, no, you know, I mean, what you know, whatever your type is, whether it's, you know, boy, girl, 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 boy, whatever it might be, you know, I feel like it's not uncommon for something like that to happen when you are close with mm-hmm. someone. And then, you know, it's like. Unfortunately, sometimes that happens or one person is like, oh, I actually think I like you a little more than that. And then the other person's like, but I don't feel the same. And it's just mm-hmm. and then it just makes things weird from here on out. You know, you know what I mean? So I feel like it's similar. In that sense. Yeah. And I think also that's how uh, Persephone, because of her insecurity, she's perceiving that from Sam. Yeah. Like she thinks she's the one who's you know, more invested, whereas he really is. He just has trouble expressing it. He's just like this wonderful, slightly shy, geeky boy who has like a bookshelf of his bookshelf is like my bookshelf. It's like Tolkien, Harry Potter and biology textbooks. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. Or not my it's not my bookshelf now, but my bookshelf as a teenager. teenager. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know there. It's just so sweet, you know, so but that being said, so we actually had, um, so this brings up a, you know, a, one of our, we told you guys to chime in on SpeakPipe and we do have one comment from someone that will play. But, you know, that being said, I feel like the real, there's so much forgiveness in this book, right? Yes. Across, across the board. Um, because that is really what happened. Her sleeping with the love of her life's brother, it, that's a big 
oops, <laughs> you know that's what I a, mean? That's a betrayal for a sure. Big betrayal. And, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, like I said, Sam forgave her a while ago, right? As we mm-hmm. learn. And I thought it was, I mean, Charlie went to him and told him what happened, which I thought was very respectful of Charlie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, you know, I imagine they had it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think it just speaks volumes, the forgiveness that, you know, goes on within these three people, right? Because it's not just even Sam and Percy, it's Sam and Charlie and Charlie and Percy, right? Like they both know they messed up. And, um, you know, Sam has to forgive two people that he loves. And it's like the two closest people to him essentially got together and betrayed him is probably how he saw it, right? Right. And I just think it's a really valuable lesson in now, obviously, you know, they weren't married or anything, but I just think that, you know, none of us are perfect. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't condone cheating. Let's just put it that way. But in this case, there wasn't it wasn't really along those lines. Right. So, yeah, they were. I mean, we could do the whole they were on a break. (laughs) Ross and Rachel (laughs) were not on a break. Okay. That's a tough thing to talk to me about. But, but yes, like in that sense, like they weren't married and, you know, all these things. Yes. Just, and they were teenagers. They, and they were weren't. Teens. Yeah. Exactly. So I think it's just such a great, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just, a, it's just a, what am I a looking portrayal, for? A portrayal, a yes. portrayal of forgiveness. Yes. So I do want to play this yeah. um, one message that Dawn left us. So this was an excellent book. Thank you so much. Um, for this recommendation. I um, really was sad when it ended and um, I just couldn't put it down. The one thing that I think sat with me was the unconditional love and forgiveness throughout all the characters. The love Charlie and Sam had as brothers, the love they had for Percy, and that's Charlie included. I had the feeling at the very beginning of the book that Charlie really cared for her and more than just friendship. And you just saw how, even though he knew that Percy and Sam really loved each other, he put his feelings aside and allowed that love and how Sam forgave his brother and how Sam forgave Percy for what they did. But even aside from that, even the love and the forgiveness shown in the friendship of Percy and her friend, even after so many years of not talking and coming together again with just and blossoming those friendships. I just, I think it was just a great expression of unconditional love. So thank you so much. As it's quoted by Emily Henry, a radiant debut, and it absolutely was. Okay, so that was from Dawn, and I loved what she said. I mean, it's such great points. It really, really is. I love how she even brought up Delilah. We yes. haven't really talked about Delilah yet, but right. there's, you know, early in their relationship, it's kind of a funny story where they're, when they're very young and Delilah gets so scared by a horror movie they're watching that she pees <laughs> yeah. her pants. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> and is so embarrassed by it that she essentially breaks up the friendship with Persephone for several years until yes. they become friends again. And then after this whole breakup with Sam, when Percy's in a really terrible place, she then extends that to Delilah and they also don't talk for 12 years right. and we find out at the very end she's reached out and Delilah basically said what took you so long yeah which I love I love mm-hmm. that so much I feel like that's just such a 
Uh, that's just, I just love that. It, there's nothing better than having a friend who, I mean, I have so many friends that I could go so long without talking to just because our lives are so busy, right? Yep. Not because yep. of, you know, anything and no falling out, but, yep. um, you know, and you just kind of pick up right back where you left off. And that's kind of what this reminds me of. I loved that she said that. What took you so long? Like, I've yep. been waiting for you, girl. Like, mm -hmm. I missed you. Yep. You know what I mean? So, I love it. I know. It. I loved it too. Yeah. I loved it. Delilah's actually a great character. Like, we see her she early is. as just this like boy crazy kind of girl but like some of the lines she throws out throughout this book yeah I'm like, dang that girl's actually really smart she, <laughs> she knows she knows what's going on and it um, also broke my heart though on that note like when and i think it also shows how i don't want to say damaged but like just how insecure percy was in her and sam's relationship because you know when Deli delilah called her and said this is what happened mm. right with sam when and sam percy, uh, like uh tried to hit on her yes. when they're at college yes and percy's just in like su in such a bad headspace that she can't even like she doesn't even want to hear like immediately assumes the worst instead of trusting yeah what like delilah you must have done something you yes. must have you know you have a reputation for yes. immediately place blame and it just shows yes. the headspace she was in which also you know that is a common theme as well in the book as far as the anxiety and her panic attacks and yes. like, you can see where her mental health just is not i mean granted we all kind of go through those college years where we're insecure and all that stuff mm, but do you know yeah. what i mean i the think teen, like teen years that yes. were hard on everybody but everyone yes i think you're totally right i think we get hints of her anxiety later like the first time she actually has a panic attack is that night after she's with charlie yes but I think when you read through it, there's so many hints of that earlier. I actually noted a couple quotes that she says, you know, I would do anything to make people like me. Yes. I love the being the center of attention, but with the safety net of someone else's words as the entertainment. Yes. Wa watching my old friends laugh together, wondering if it was me they were laughing about. And Sam even sees it at one point. He says, I don't want this to sound bad, but I think that maybe sometimes you worry too much about what other people think. Yep. And then after in our present day, when she has the panic attack at the funeral, she says, I have a bit of an anxiety thing. I can usually yeah. manage it. You know, therapist, breathing exercises, mantras, the basic self-care practices of a privileged white girl. Yeah. But sometimes the anxious thoughts get a bit out of control. And yeah. man, could I relate like I my anxiety kicked off with a panic attack as well four years ago now mm -hmm. uh, but when i look back i can see those same kind of clues those same kind of hints from when i was growing up being very insecure very worried about what other people thought um and yep. then it, it got me to this certain place and and now i'm that privileged white girl too using i don't do mantras so much i've chosen medication instead but um, <laughs> me too <laughs> Me too. I'm all for Lexapro. Yeah. And that was the same. I mean, I look back too. That's what I mean. I related to her so much. I looked back too and just like very insecure about myself, you know, experienced bullying a little bit, which obviously didn't help. Always wanted to be liked, like didn't want to upset anyone, never really suck up for myself, things like that. And, you know, it, and then I could just see where my anxiety now that I'm medicated and feeling much better, you know, I could see where things just kind of worsened, uh, especially yeah. postpartum. But yeah, like it just brought me, you know, right back to that insecure girl, <laughs> like yes. in, in early yep. teens, you know, that was me too. And, you know, I love that Sam, you know, does call that out, you know, mm -hmm. and 
He's very perceptive. He is very perceptive. And I can only hope, you know, me now being an adult and again, seeing the side of me, I can only hope that I can do things where my children are not that way, right? You Mm -hmm. know, and what can I do to better myself, to better them, right? Like that's how I kind of look at it now because I don't want, I think part of that is just the age. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot of that growing up. And you have kids that are a little older than mine, but I do think that comes with like the, you know, preteen, early teen years. Oh, <laughs> right. My, uh, I have a 14 year old now, yeah. so I'm getting a front row seat to this age group. Yeah. Again, yeah. From the I outside mean, instead of being in it myself, you know, and you probably could say things. So you're blue in the face, but it's not going to make a difference, right? No, (laughs) everybody has to experience things and grow through it. But you just do what you can to support it. And I'll bring it back to how amazing Sue is. Yes. Because as a single parent for the last number of years, and a single parent who works like crazy hours. And so her boys are often alone. She has done a phenomenal job with those boys. Yes, she has. Because they're both very like emotionally perceptive. You know, Sam is very shy like he's nervous about getting those things across to percy but he it's there right yes they're both capable of big feelings capable of big love they're both very respectful yes yes Uh, and i I really like there's one part where sue finds out that they are being physical and that's because there's one night where percy watches the blair witch project on her own and then she's too scared Mm -hmm. to go to sleep so she goes and sleeps very platonically but sleeps in sam's bed and when they come down the next morning Sue sits them down and says a bunch of stuff, including don't take any crap from any boy, not even my own sons, okay? And then a few years later, when she realized they're becoming like truly physical, she makes Sam get on the phone with Percy's mom. (laughs) Can you imagine? No. (laughs) To say that that he will treat Percy with care and respect. Yes. I can't even imagine. Can you imagine like... No, I can't. But I just love (laughs) Sue for it. You know what I mean? I love her for it. Yes. I love that she's not naive to boys, right? Like she's not... I mean... They're boys, you know what I mean? Hormones, uh, I don't know, I'm not there yep, yet. But, yep. you know, she's not like, oh, no, not my boys. They're, you know what I mean? She's not right. denying. She's like, this is what you're going to do. Like, you're, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? You're going to treat yeah. them with respect and that's it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, I, I and Percy's mom, too, like who just slips yeah. a box of condoms in Percy's yeah. bag, <laughs> yeah. like just like, in case. This is what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I do love that. Instead of like not discussing it, right? Yeah or just kind of like beating around the bush, like not, you know, mm-hmm, mm, mm-hmm. you know, like I like that they're just straightforward about it, which I think is so important, you know? And I love yeah. that. I don't know. I just love how that happens. Uh, well, actually, no, it it doesn't happen. Does it? Well, it doesn't go beyond third base. Right. That's what you mean. Yes. <laughs> like they don't actually sleep together until present day. That's right. Right. So, but I just love that whole, I love that Sam isn't rushing things. He's very respectful with her. Like, oh, I hope my, I can only hope my son grows up to be like Sam. I know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, really, it's just like, you know, I love it. I uh, I love there's one line where they're they're essentially because they're working together at the restaurant and they come home and they quickly like have half an hour to make out and then Sue comes home. (laughs) And they like go downstairs and pretend they were just eating dinner. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, you two are subtle as elephants. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like she knew. Yeah. She knows. Come yeah. on. Yes. And she's but... so perceptive. Like even later when she's dying, so they find out she has cancer and she fights it. Like for a year, they think she's going to do okay, and then she there's another year where she's just fading the whole time. And she's the one who tells Charlie to call Percy yes. and says Sam is going to need her after. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just love it. But she she watched their relationship too, when you think about mm-hmm. it. I mean, she did. Mother and she was her. not happy with Charlie. No, no, that's exactly she's right. We learned that at the end. He was she was mad at him. She was very she's very perceptive and she watched from the day they met until, you know, and so on and so forth. So I just think that I loved her character, really loved her character so much. And I think that, you know, and I while the event is unfortunate, I also love that she is what brought them back together too, right? I think that's very, um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. I'm losing all my words today, but you get what I'm saying. Like, totally. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very appropriate. I, I just loved that. Again, it's like one of those factors that made this be the right, the right time for them, for their, for their second chance, you know? Exactly. Um, They finally do get together. They finally do sleep together. Yes. uh, And then, you know, it comes out of her that she had slept with Charlie. He already knew it. They do have a bit of a, a fight about it. And then he tells her the history of what he did at college and how he had hit on Delilah. But that was sort of like the final straw. Like after that, he realized how inappropriate he was being. And he uh, he was at a low point, too. Right. They were just yeah. handling it differently. Yeah. But at one point she says, I des- I deserved that. I deserved all of that. You sleeping around, you hitting on my friend. And he's like, deserved it. What are you talking about? You didn't deserve it, Percy. Just like I didn't deserve what happened with Charlie. Betrayals don't cancel each other out. They yeah. just hurt more. I loved that line. And it's, it's I think like, that's just so good... true. It's like it doesn't, you know, there's no yeah. and get so back it, doesn't make you feel better. Right. Across all, like not even just in this situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not even, not even just in a relationship, you know, like pertaining to this. Yep. In, in life. That's just such a good life lesson right yes. and yeah. one we should actually probably put that quote over on our instagram because i feel mm-hmm. like it's just it's something yeah yeah it's a really good reminder it's you know life's too short right <laughs> to like to do that stuff like it, it's it's not again they don't cancel each other out like you're not helping the situation at all by doing that so i just love and again he's very he's very wise sam he's got like some very wise he's got some quotes. good emotional intelligence there he really he's- does yeah. yeah. So I just uh, and yeah, I completely agree. Um, and that's sort of what I meant earlier about him having uh, sort of a life shift with his mom dying too. Is like he realizes like life's too short, you know. Yeah. And this is a lesson I went through. You know, I lost my mom four years ago, my mother-in-law just a few months before that, my grandmother a few months after that. So that was a big emotional year for me, uh, and it gave me that same perspective. You know, a lot of things changed in my life after that because it really. You know, you know it, but then when you get these kinds of events that happen, you really know it, that like life is short yeah, and it's not worth, it's not worth a lot of the things that we do and worry about and trouble ourselves over. Um, So I've, this reading this book was actually triggering, but healing for me in a lot of ways. Uh, And especially when we get to the epilogue, because in the epilogue, it's one year later, Mm -hmm. they're back at the lake. Uh, we find out that they have, you know, gone through some, a lot of healing in all of those relationships, like you said before, between both Percy, Sam, and Charlie, like in all the different directions. But they are all living in Toronto. She's together with Sam living there. They still have the lake house that they go to. And they go to scatter Sue's ashes a year later. That's exactly what I did with my mom. Aww. We waited one year. Yeah. And then we went to the lake that we grew up going to, and we scattered her ashes there. I love that. So that it was 
beautiful and it was exactly what needed to happen. But when I read that, I was like, oh my. Yeah. Bro it broke my heart and healed it at the same time. Like I just thought it was so beautiful and obviously very true to life because it's literally my same experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, mm -hmm. I imagine that would be triggering of some emotions, you know, reading it, but yeah. But as um, long as the story handles it well, it's so yeah. healing to do that. Like remember when we read The Mother Road? Yeah. Yeah. Same kind of experience, right? Like you can mm -hmm. you can look at it and you're like, "Oh no, this is the thing that I went through and I don't want to read someone else going through it because that's going to be really hard. But if it handles it well, it actually is very, very healing. Yeah. So you think this was handled very well then? With Sue's book. death? Yes, I do. Yeah. 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 I do. I do too. I mean, again, I cannot relate to that, but I do. I did love the epilogue. I think it wrapped mm -hmm. it up nicely, you know? Yeah. Um, I just genuinely loved this book so much. I feel like it was a great read overall like there's there's a lot of lessons learned right i'm um, again like forgiveness and again life is short <laughs> you know what i mean 12 years is a long time yeah. to go without speaking to someone who you love so much you mm -hmm. know what i mean even if things weren't left off on the best um in the best way that's always why i'm a big uh i'm big with communicating in general in in my marriage in my friendships i always tell my friends i'm like you're never going to be wondering how i feel because i'm just going to tell you <laughs> and you know and some don't some don't like confrontation right we always have this discussion they're like i don't like confrontation i just want everything to be good and i'm like i get it but sometimes you have to have confrontation and there's nothing wrong with that you know like you have to talk these things out it doesn't mean i don't love you or don't like you it's just that like this is how i'm feeling and I'm going to tell you. Now let's talk yeah. it out and then move on. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And as long as it's done way. in a healthy way, right? Yeah. Like I'll say my natural tendency is 100% to be non-confrontational. Yeah. And yet yeah. I completely recognize how healthy that can be and how sometimes it's necessary. So yes. I actively have to work through it every time. Yeah. Um, but I do see that as super important. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine going so long without. Yeah. Imagine you know. if something had happened to one or the other of them, like the story happened right. and we get, you know, our happily ever after, but anything could have happened in those Any years. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm glad with how it ended, but yeah, I think that's a good moral, right? So uh -huh. if there's someone that maybe you haven't chatted with in a while, right? Yeah. Give them a call. <laughs> right. I just, I don't know. It's probably not worth it, you know? No, and that's literally how I live my life. Life's too short, and I don't want to be living life like that because you don't know yep. when something could happen. You know what I mean? So um, we did have one other reader call in and leave us a message. So I'm going to play that one now. This is by Kara. This is the perfect summer read book. I was so excited when I found it. I think I actually found it because of your Instagram, and I read it in one day. I love that it goes between the present and the past. I love that you get to see snippets of each of their summers throughout, you know, their growing up. It reminded me a lot of Second Chance Summer by Morgan Matson, and I loved that book. I love any book in the summer that has to do with the lake, a little bit of teen love and this was it. I think that message just perfectly summed it up and it actually really echoes a lot of what Carly says herself in her little section at the end of the book after the acknowledgments. She talks about where she wrote this. Uh, it was during the summer of 2020 when all she wanted to write was a happy ending and uh, a little bit about her inspiration for writing it. 
She also says, I also wanted to write about people who screw up, but ultimately try their best to do better. The characters in this book are all flawed, except maybe for Sue. I'm pretty sure Sue is perfection. <laughs> oh, I love that because she is. Yeah. But I love she that. She is. As we've said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, we did say the same thing. I love that too, though. And I do think that that's perfect because they do mess up, but they acknowledge that they messed up. And I think that's a really big part of um, forgiveness and moving on, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And instead the unconditional of, love you mentioned exactly. earlier. Yeah. Instead of pointing fingers and placing blame, being able to say, yes, like, I fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm quick. We all do yeah, it. We all do it. There's no one that's perfect. So being able to admit that you messed up and making a conscious effort to do better going forward, because yep. you can't just mess up and then keep doing the same thing. Like that's not getting better. You know what I mean? Yep. It's not going to work. No, but being able to say, yep, sorry, I, I was wrong here and I'm going to do better and not and not do that again and i it's and very I, hard to do it is it is it's a it's it's a very mature thing though in a relationship of any kind friendship you know um with family you know loved ones spouse um to admit you're wrong you know mm -hmm. i do do it yeah. even though i am right the majority of the time <laughs> i will admit when i'm wrong i mean i'm always right but when i'm wrong <laughs> when i'm wrong I, didn't know. I, I always say that to my husband i'm like okay you were right and he's like i know it doesn't happen often but there are times where i am <laughs> so, so but i will say that instead of just being like no you know i mean i think yeah. it's just you know that's the mature thing to do and then again yeah. saying i will not do this i will work hard to not do this again you know that's whatever right, right. It that's growth be. it yeah. is it's growth and i think we see that um a lot in this book so i i i love i loved this i would love a charlie perspective mm, or just wouldn't that be great him. yeah i'd also love a sam perspective i mean we get a little bit of his perspective but we are hearing it in percy's point of view right, right. so i would love to see sam's point of view i don't know if that'll actually happen but it just it would be something that we can dream about right but wouldn't it yeah. be cool to get like a charlie story i would love that both i do love things, charlie so i love charlie and i feel like there's there's so much more to him than we know Yes. You know, so yeah. I feel like yeah. I would really like to see him get because I do think it's it's accurate that he kind of steps back. Like, I think he does have genuine feelings for Percy, but recognizes that, you know, Sam is the one for her and he steps back from that. He must have had so much pain over that over the years. Right. Oh, so sure. I would love to see him maybe like Delilah or Chantel could be his yeah, love right? match. You know, he's already met Delilah, but I guess at this this party at the very, very end of the book might be the first time he meets her current friend Chantel, maybe, yeah. maybe something comes from that. I would love that. Cause I felt like I kept, I wanted, like, I loved his character and I just wanted like a little more of him. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. his story, right? So it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I would love, I'd love to get that. Maybe he's adjacent. Maybe. He's involved. He's adjacent. He's a puzzle piece in the big story. But, um, but yeah, I'd love to hear more from him too. You're right. The awesome thing is this is her first book. And can you believe it? What that's a great what I, whatever debut. she's going to put out next, I'm here for. Yeah. Again, I love so we've gotten so much great feedback on this book in DMs, mm -hmm. comments. I feel like it's everywhere right now. And that's why we had to chat. I saw it. it at Costco yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I hope that she continues to write. I loved her style of writing, like Ew. just the the musical imagery. It reminded me a little bit of where the Crawdads sing. I like just read that. it it was just so me. evocative, kind of like the poetry of talking about a place that you love so much. That's how I um, felt about the Paper Palace. It was very evocative. The writing. It was right. so descript, so descript. Yeah, I, I yeah. love that. I love that. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what else we see from her. Yeah, yeah. So I think, and the Canadiana. I mean, I have to root I for know, you. Do, Canadian yeah. author. You know, yes. we're different sides of the country, <laughs> but I love the little bits she stuck in there. The Canadian references to the Hudson's Bay blankets. Do you know what a Hudson's Bay blanket is? I do not. It's a, a Pendleton blanket. Oh, I have one of those. Okay. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Hudson Bay preceded Pendleton by about a hundred years. Oh, um, so uh, but that's what it is like the point blanket with the stripes. Yeah. Uh, CBC Radio. That's the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. John Candy movies. Tim Hortons and Timbits. Yeah. Have you heard of those? I have heard of Tim Hortons. That is here in the States. It's expanded. Um, yeah. Have you heard yeah. of Tim Biebs? No. So they Tim Hortons <laughs> isn't even in Connecticut like that. I hadn't heard of a Tim Hortons until I went down south. And I was like, what? I mean, I remember the first time I went to uh, oh, where I think the first time I went to like a southern state with the exception of Florida, which is the south, but it's not like Georgia, you know, right, I went right. to Georgia and I was like, what's Waffle House? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, all I've never seen, I've never been to one of those. Oh, I feel like if you ever go. Yeah, you got to go to Waffle House. But um, oh. I remember seeing a Tim Hortons. I'm like, what is a Tim? Because in, in Connecticut, we just have Dunkin' donuts literally on every corner like so that that's the everywhere. tim hortons of canada there you go okay like yeah. every corner like i could walk to like five yeah. in yes, 15 same. minutes there is <laughs> like in my hometown i think there were 13 dunkin donuts yeah <laughs> <I'm not even laughs> everywhere you go there's a dunkin donuts and i don't even really like dunkin donuts out yeah. yeah it's not my favorite either but okay. it's a good like reliable yes. you know when you're if yes. you're <laughs> i've been to different parts of canada and you're like all right well there's the timmy there's the tim yeah that makes sense <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah, I don't know where the nearest one is. I don't think it's here. Maybe it is. I don't know at this point. Well, but. when you come visit me, I'll take you there just for the fact of <laughs> going to one. And then I'll take you to my favorite coffee place later. But I know. I told we'll you, I'm going to in Seattle in August. How far are you from Seattle? Less than three hours. Hours. Maybe you, maybe uh, I'm going to be, we're going to be in Seattle. I can drive down or you can drive up. We should do I this know. thing. We should try something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. we. Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in Seattle for a few days and then I got to go to the um, to Spokane the border. Oh, yeah. Yep. Is it Idaho that's over over there? Yeah, our family's over there. But we're gonna we're going to a preseason Seahawks game. We're gonna go my kids really want to see Seattle go to Pike's Place Market, you know, all this. Yeah, yeah. We are gonna go. Uh, You know, I thought of you the other day, I actually drove across the border to um, do some shopping. I had to do a Trader Joe's run and a Target run. (laughs) And at Target, Target had a whole section of Seahawks. Oh, did <laughs> yeah, that would make sense out there. Yes, and I was like, "Oh, Lauren would like this. Yeah, or her family no, would like this. My family. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I just married into it. But yeah. my husband and my son are like diehard Seahawks fans. So that's how we got uh, the preseason tickets. They're like, yeah, lead seats, like thirty bucks a seat. Like, it's just for the experience. I was like, we don't need good seats. We're just gonna be way up at the top. But he's gonna love it yeah. anyway. So oh, anyway, we great. should. I mean, I or maybe I'll see if I can. Uh, Across the border. I don't know how that works, but I got to figure that out. But we'll figure it out. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. But in the meantime, we're going to be talking again very soon. But the next book we're talking about, it's actually a perfect connection to this book. Do you know why? Why? They're very, very different books. But the main character in this book is named Persephone. 
And in the next book, which is going to be our second book in the uh, Court of Thorns and Roses series, we have uh, the borrowing from the myth of Hades and Persephone. Oh, I didn't know that. Do you remember that myth where like I do Hades falls in love with Persephone and makes her yes. come down and spend like a third to a half of the year with him and then she gets to go oh. back to the place she lives and doesn't that sound familiar? It does sound familiar. Oh, okay. Well, you'll have to explain that in the next episode. Yeah, we'll, ta- we'll talk how about it soon. With the mythical reference. Oh, how cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. it leads out perfectly. We didn't even plan it. Look at that. Yeah. So our next episode is going to be on A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Moss. I'm so pumped. Oh, it's going to be a good my chat. I'm literally like clapping my hands here. I'm so right excited. <laughs> and this one, look, I did. I did make notes on this one. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I'm so pumped. <laughs> That'll be next. Stay tuned. Um, again, if you, we are going to link our speak pipe or if you have something to say on Acomath, right? Is that? <laughs> yep. yep. Um, you can call and leave us a message. There are so many messages there already. So I'm really excited for us to go through them and share. So that'll be in the notes. Um, and again, if you're loving this podcast, please rate and leave us a review on whatever uh, podcast streaming service you are listening on. It is just a pleasure that we get to be on here chatting our favorite thing, books, right? So Yay. yeah. All right. So then we will chat with you guys next time. See you later. <laughs>